Good morning. Welcome to New Life. You may be seated. Welcome to the second week of our teaching series, I Love My Church. Do you love your church? Come on, let me hear you. In all of our locations, we want to welcome you if you're in the West Venue, which you're here. All of, all of you that are worshiping with us down in the East Venue as well as out in North Platte. And those of you online, thank you so much for being with us. Again, it's the second week of our teaching series, I Love My Church. All right, I need your help today. Turn to the person next to you say, I love my church. Because you're here. Uh, that wasn't, the, I love my church got more excitement out of, instead of you're here. It's really all about the people, amen? Amen. That's why we have church, but if it wasn't for Jesus, none of us would be here. Amen? Amen. So it's all about Jesus. And so uh, last week, Pastor Jeff, he challenged us. He said, you know what? You know, Jesus passionately, passionately loves his church, and so we should passionately love our church as well. And so I challenged some of you who have smartphones and who are tech savvy. I said, hey, go out and make a 10-second video and tell us why you love New Life Church. Some of you did that, so let's watch this one-minute video on why people love New Life Church. I love my church because I get to help lead impact. Oh, yeah? I love my church because we have life groups. Well, I love my church because I can help lead on worship team. I love my church because I'm a team leader of red carpet. Well, I love my church because I met you here. Oh. I love my church because... We love our life group! We love our church because it's family. We never feel alone there. I love my church. I love my church because of the awesome community of people. And they're always there to help you out, so that's great. I love my church because... We are better together! We love our church because... We love our pastors! Awesome. Hey, very cool. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I believe that that couple in the last frame, they go to New Life Church and that kiss was for Pastor Jeff or Pastor uh, Dave out there. So, and Pastor Jeff, they love them a lot. Actually, those are my parents. So I think that kiss was for me. So, um, yeah, well, hey, we just want to encourage you this week. Um, we're going to throw up a little tagline here. I love my church because please, please, please take a moment this week. Get on your phone. You don't have to be all dolled up. Just do it. Um, take a quick 10-minute or 10-minute, 10, 10-second 10 video, actually, of I love my church. And then tag us at New Life NP or, or New Life KRNY. Let us know why you love New Life Church. Also, it would be a great way for you to post it on Instagram or Facebook and let others know why you love New Life Church. It may be a great way for you to invite somebody to come to church with us. Are you, love, are you loving the I love my church? series. Come on. All right. Give a warm welcome to Pastor Jeff today as he preaches the word. <laughs> oh, guys, man. Welcome. Glad to have you guys here with us. Yeah, we're in a current teaching series. I love my church. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about community. Now, before I do that, I just want to make sure I highlight for you that we do have a couple of giving campaigns that we're currently advertising right now. Uh, we're not asking anybody to give to it right now. We're just really simply asking people from New Life to pray. If you're a guest with us, please disregard these next few moments. But um, we have two giving campaigns. One is our Pave the Way campaign at our Kearney campus. So if you're out at North Platte right now, don't worry about it. Uh, this is for the Kearney campus. We wanted to pay off uh, this new addition that we just put out here for more parking spots and our west entrances that we have here at our Carney campus. I'd love for you to join my wife and I. Uh, we're financially giving to that every single month. And then the last thing is our tithe challenge. 
Now, this is a little unique. So if, um, if you're new to new life and you haven't been here for, um, you know, like 18 months, then you probably haven't heard about the tithe challenge. We believe that giving God a tenth, that the first 10% of what we, what we earn, it belongs to God. We believe that God, God does amazing things with the other 90. We believe that God does some incredible things, actually. And uh, we believe it so much that we actually give a money-back guarantee that if you tithe starting in April, the first Sunday in April, for 90 days, and you just don't feel like it works, then uh, without really any explanation, you can just let our accountant know, and we'll write you a check for all your tithe back. Uh, because it's God's, it's God's money, right? And uh, we believe that uh, we believe in it so much that we put a money back guarantee that tithing is something that honors God, and you'll recognize that there's a benefit in your spiritual life from that as well. So again, we're not taking any offerings today. We're just asking you to pray about those things. April uh, the second, the first Sunday in April is when we're going to start all of those campaigns. Hey, today, today we're going to be talking about a few things. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk about today, though, is the word community, all right? Community. Um, community. Each community, um, or each town, or each group, or for that matter, each church, um, each has a very unique and mystique kind of community. It's a language that people use to define who we are. So when you think about Carney as an example, and you think about, like, what do others say about us? What do people that live in Grand Island, Hastings, North Platte, and other communities, what do they say about the community of Carney? How do they define our community? And, you know, I've heard people say a number of different things. Uh, I just thought I would list just a few of them, though. Number one, I've heard people say it's progressive. I've heard other people say that it's a growth-oriented type of, you know, uh, town. I've heard people say that it has a high level of education. These are just people's opinions of who we are. Now, we also have a campus out in North Platte. So what have I heard people say about North Platte? I've heard a number of things. I've heard things like it's an industrial uh, town. I've heard people say that it's a hard-working town. And then the one I hear more often than anything is that it's a railroad town. And that with the railroad comes a certain mystique, comes a certain kind of a culture. So if a town can have a, um, you know, mystique to it, has language that defines what its community is from people that are looking on the outside, looking in, people do that with churches as well, just like they would do with any group. And you know that you've got opinions of certain churches, but yet you've never even walked through their doors. Where did you get their opinions? You got the opinions from people that said they attended there. You got opinions from people that you know, said that they visited there. You've got opinions just by, by driving by the church. Sometimes we look at churches and we might say, man, I bet you that community inside of that church is spiritually dry, or it's non-friendly, or it's old, traditional, stoic, or maybe irrelevant. But you could also have positive things to say about the community of a church. Um, even if you haven't walked through its doors, you might hear that a church the community of that church is vibrant, or it's passionate, or it's growing, or it's relevant. It might even be alive, or it could have a community that's friendly. But community, we need to remember this. Community is something that's basically, of a, of a group of people, it's perceived by those who are on the outside looking in. They're on the outside looking in. And I need to know, you need to know something about that. That means that some of their opinions are right, some of their opinions are wrong. My question to you today would be this. How would you say that 
The town of Kearney or the town of North Platte would define the community of New Life Church here and in North Platte. What kind of words would people use? These are people that have never come to our church, right? They just live in our, they live in our town, but they've got an opinion about the community of New Life. What would they say about it? Some of them would have great things to say about it. Others of them would say, would have negative things to say, right? And you, you are here today, so you're either a guest or you're a part of, you know, the body of new life. And so you run into these things that are out there in our town, these opinions of others. But see, the, the unique thing about a community is that you get to choose which communities you're going to associate with or belong to. So as an example, if you live here in Kearney, there's no one holding you to live here in Kearney. You can leave if you want to. You can move to another town. But this is where you are. This is where you feel like you belong. Same thing for North Platte. So no one's holding, holding you here. You could leave and move to another state if you want to. You get to choose that community. But the other thing is true about a church. You get to choose which church you, be, you can be a part of. <laughs> Nobody comes to your house, at least not at New Life. Maybe some other churches have a different community. Um, no one comes to your house, hunts you down, and then drags you to the church building on a Sunday. Um, this is your choice to be here and to be a part of this community. And there's a very interesting thing about each community. That once you, are, once you have had a perception of what the community of new life is, then you have to come and you have to visit. And when you visit, then you start learning a different concept. You start learning the actual culture. It's the culture that's inside of the church. The culture is something you can only gain when you go and you visit a place. The only way you're going to get the culture of new life is if you come, you visit, and you stay. You'll never get the entire culture of new life by visiting one time, just like you can't get it on any other church. There's something about giving yourself, submitting yourself to it that you have the ability to catch the culture of a community. And so today, as we're talking about this, we've got a community called New Life. It has perceived you know, ideas from our town. And then we've got the culture, what's really happening on the inside. See, culture defines everything. Culture defines, I mean, I'm talking everything. The culture of our church right now, if you're a guest with us, you're already picking up on a few things. Um, we started on time. That's part of our culture. Will we end on time? You'll find out. <laughs> That'll be a part of our culture, right? What we wear, how we present ourselves, what type of church you know that we are, just by even by the way we wear, by what we wear, the way we talk, the language that we use, you know, the way that we greet at the door, the fact that at this church right now today, that everybody that's serving in a greeter or usher position has, is wearing one of our green shirts to stand out boldly to say, "Hey, here I am." You know, our culture is defined by our beliefs, and our beliefs are going to be slightly different than the next church down the street. The way that we preach, the way that we worship, the volume of our worship even, the presentation of our worship, the way that we use graphics, the way that our website is, I'm talking everything, every little piece defines what our culture is. Are we a passionate culture about Jesus? Are we a passionate culture about social justice? Are we a passionate culture about righteousness? Are we just a passionate culture about meeting together? 
Are we a passionate culture about the Bible? Are we a passionate culture just about man's opinions? All of those things end up defining a culture. And every community has culture. And the secret, the secret for Carney is that we want people that don't live in Carney, as an example, to know our culture when they define our community. But that's not always the case. Because until you're on the inside, you don't really know the culture. So you take pot shots and you think that you know. The same thing's happening here at our church. Our church and our community, God designed our church, New Life, to have a very unique culture. And it's different than other churches. And what you need to know today is that God loves the culture of New Life Church. You know what he's asking you to do? If this is your home church, he's asking you to love it as well. Because when we bond together and we rally together with a unified call and a unified mission, you know, around the culture that God's created here, nothing can stop this church from impacting our world for Jesus Christ. It's when inside of the church, certain factions are pulling culture one way and others are pulling culture a different way. Now a house is divided and a house that's divided will never stand. How important is culture to a church? It's vital. It's vital that somehow, some way, we all get on the same page and we all start moving forward. So I'm very interested in what you think the culture of New Life Church is. In fact, I'm so interested that we're going to do an experiment for the rest of this sermon. You've got about 10 minutes to do this. But I'm going to put a number up here on the screen. I want you to pull out your smartphone. And I want you to describe for me in one word or a very, very short phrase. Very short phrase. Because i got a team of people that have to cipher through all of this material. And at the end of my sermon, we're going to display on this screen what your opinion is here in our West venue as well as the East venue and in our North Platte venue, all of that information is going to be compiled together. And at the end of my sermon, we're going to display what you think our culture is here at New Life Church. One word or a very short phrase, please text it to the number that's on the screen right now. Um, and do that as quickly as possible, and we'll unveil those results at the end of this sermon. All right? Because God's asking for each of you to not just be in the community of New Life Church, but to embrace participates and even enhance the culture of new life church but to do that requires a third word and that means you have to connect you have to connect the only way that you can embrace participate and even enhance the culture of a community is by connecting to it giving yourself completely over to it so with that in mind, I'm going to go off the deep end of the pool with an analogy. All right? Let's just say that we don't live on a world full of, planet, of, of humans anymore. There's no, it's, not a, it's not a world full of humans. Follow me on this one before you walk out of here thinking I'm nuts. It's a world full of hair dryers. I know. I know. I just went to a zone that you're like, this is my first Sunday here, Jeff, and that, that's a little weird, my friend. Let's just say each of us was a hair dryer. What color hair dryer do you want to be? Do you want to be like one of those big hair dryers, one of those, you know, big ends on it? You want to be a small one, compact, put it in your pocket? One of the unique things about every hair dryer is this. It has some of the same features on the inside, no matter what it looks like on the outside. All of them have a heating element. They all have a fan. They all have a blower. They all do the same mission. doesn't matter what they look like. All accomplish the same thing. 
And so before you think I'm crazy, of all of the appliances in the world, a hairdryer is a pretty good analogy to use when I'm defining what a Christ-like character looks like. Think about it with me. What does a hairdryer do? All right, it burns hot. What does God want you to do? Burn hot for him. Right, you following me? See, I'm not crazy as you thought. What does a hairdryer do? Right, wherever you focus that thing, it makes an impact, doesn't it? What does God want you to do with your life? Make an impact. That's what he wants you to do. You know another thing about a hairdryer? It's bold and it is loud. I mean, when a hairdryer fires up in your house, you can hear it all over your house. That's kind of what God wants us to be with our Christianity. And then last but not least, have you guys ever had a hairdryer fire up and it blows a circuit breaker? Because they suck a lot of power. God, just like the hairdryer needs a lot of power, you need a lot of power. The power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish your mission. Come on! Man! See, I'm not as crazy as you thought. It's way better than an analogy about you as a mixer, because a mixer just does, this causes disunity and destruction and is really messy. So you don't want me to go there with that one. So let's stay with the hairdryer. A world, a world of hairdryers. Each hairdryer has the same stuff, right? You've got a cord that comes out with the connector, and you've you got to plug it in to power it up. And so in this world of hairdryers, which each of you belong to, you all gather in the room where all hairdryers gather. You following me? All hair dryers have gathered in the room. Man, all of these hair dryers are plugging in left and right, and man, they're making their noise and they're blowing heat, and you know, they're they're causing stuff to take place and happen all around. And then you walk in, you, your little hair dryer, you walk in and you decide, I'm not plugging in. I'm not gonna connect. I'm not connecting. I'm just gonna sit here. A little red hair dryer with a heated element on the inside, fan, blower. I have no idea what all that stuff is because I've never connected in. I mean, how much would you miss? You'd miss everything. In fact, you would, you would miss your entire purpose of existence. And that's what it's like at New Life. You can come, you can attend, you can sit, you can just attend church. But if you never come and you don't connect yourself, then what's happening is that you're missing out on everything that God designed you to be. Inside of you, inside of you is a person full of incredible gifts, talents, and abilities, things that you, you may not even know you have until you connect. And then all of a sudden, the heating element fires up. All of a sudden, you know, you find that your life has a purpose and a meaning greater than what you thought, but you're just going to be the person that just stays disconnected. It won't work that way. If you don't like my sci-fi analogy of a world full of hair dryers, which is a little weird, I got it. Think about a laptop. Say you have a laptop, but the laptop doesn't have any Wi-Fi abilities. How useful is the laptop in today's world? It can be wherever you are. It can do work wherever you are. But isn't it missing out on a lot because it doesn't have any Wi-Fi capabilities? Because when you take that same laptop and you use it and you connect through Wi-Fi to the Internet... All of a sudden now you can give and you can receive. And that's what it's like being here at church. One of the reasons why you should love your church is because you get a chance to connect with it. Meaning you get a chance to give some of the best of yourself and you get a chance to receive some of the best from others. So these three C's, community, culture, and connection, they are a pathway to loving God's church that he provided for you. But you can never love it until you connect. And when you're connected then you go back out into the town of Kearney or North Platte and you start telling the world about the community of your church, which is defining the culture, and you bring people in the doors 
And they get connected to the culture of following God and being passionate about Jesus and having relationships that actually matter. And their life starts coming alive and they start getting connected. It's a pathway that God gave you to love his church. And let me just tell you this. Being connected in the local church brings amazing life. Jesus said it this way. He said that a branch connected to him will always have amazing things happening to him. This is how he said it in John 15. He says, yes, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Those who remain are those who stay connected to me and I to them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? You can do nothing. You can't do anything. He says basically this. When you're connected to Christ, then you get to emulate the culture of Christ. But if you're not connected to Christ, then what culture are you giving off? A culture of self. And a culture of self will always bring death and destruction. But a culture of Christ brings life. That's what happens when you stay connected to God through the local church. You have the ability to be connected to Christ in a fresh, vibrant, and alive way. Therefore, the culture of Jesus is is penetrating. It's radiating through your life to others. That's what we were created to do. But being connected in the local church brings life in other ways. When we're connected to to the local church, then we get a chance to encourage each other to be more Christ-like. Yeah, each of us, not just pastors, each of us get a chance to encourage one another. Here's what Hebrews has to say about it. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm telling you, the day is drawing near. He's talking about the day that Jesus is coming back. That day is drawing near. So in light of that, how do we stay connected and how do we glorify God by staying connected? He says to do a few things. He says, consider, consider one another. You know when he says those words, consider, what, he, what the Bible's really meaning here is this, to always have on your mind others. That means that in this church right now, if, if you're a regular attender at this church, somebody in this church has you on their mind Why? Because the Holy Spirit's putting them there. They might be praying for you. They might be reaching out to you. They might be in a life group with you. They might be doing a book study with you. They might be meeting with you for one-on-one mentoring. But somebody has you on their mind because that's what the work of the Holy Spirit is. And then to do what? It uses these words to stir up one another. Guess what that means? (laughs) To excite one another to action. So what we're supposed to do is keep each other on our minds, and then when we run into each other, spiritually excite one another to spiritual action. You know what I love about that? It's way beyond excite one another to have a spiritual, you know, philosophical conversation. That's not our culture. Our culture at our church is not just to meet together so that you can just have a philosophical, spiritual conversation. Our culture here is to stir up one another, to excite one another to action for Christ. Have you ever felt that way? If you attend here, have you ever felt challenged to take bold, radical steps for Christ? I hope that you have. And then the verse says this, meet together often. Why would it say that? Well, in light of what we just talked about, you need to meet together often if you're going to excite one another on to action. Because when we don't meet together often and we're not rubbing shoulders with each other, it's so easy just to drift back to the simple, to drift back 
to the lazy, to drift back to the ho-hum, if you will. But to be on the cutting edge of the spear requires us to meet together regularly. And that verse is not just talking about Sunday, by the way. It's talking about increasing your frequency of gathering. So Sunday, yes. Life groups, yes. One-on-one, yes. Dinner with each other, you bet. Going to a hockey game together, like we did yesterday, for those of you that went, you bet. It's all of that. It's meeting together on a regular basis. But when we do so, be reminded of this. It's not just to say, how you doing? Pat each other on the back. It's also to somehow, some way, God, with God's you know, gift and with God's favor upon our lives, to figure out how to stir one another, how to activate Christ-centered living in each other. One of the things I know is that spring is right around the corner. That was your moment to say amen, by the way. All right? Decide to tell you that. Summer's coming on the backside of that. Okay, so I thought, I thought I might get a few more people excited. And you know the one thing that comes with both of those? Barbecue. That's right. Good guess. Barbecue, people. Come on. Anybody excited about barbecuing? Come on. I got more people excited about barbecuing than I do about the profound spiritual things we're talking about today. Barbecue. Now, for some of you, for some of you, does anybody here still barbecue with like the charcoal briquettes? We have anybody like that? Come on. Bold people. Bold. Because when you do, we can all smell you three days later. So you might as well be bold. For the rest of you, you guys fire up the gas grill and off you go, right? So let me tell you an ancient story of how, of how men used to prepare food back in the old days. You took these, right. You took the briquettes, you put them all together, you doused them with gasoline or something of that nature, and then you, you light it and you run away. You guys know? Because you, you've lost eyebrows, arm hair, right? So you light that bad boy, and man, those briquettes, and they, just, they start you know, changing color to gray, right? Well, what, when they're together, they burn hot. What happens if you take one of the briquettes and you move it over to the side and you light it and try to let it burn by itself? It doesn't do so hot, does it? You can have it in the pile. Take it out of the pile. Sit it over here. What happens to it? It starts growing cold and then goes out. Take it, put it back into the pile. What happens to the briquette? It comes back to life, has purpose again. That's your life. When you're connected to the local church, it brings life to you. When you're connected to the local church, back to the hairdryer, you get to burn hot. You get to burn hot for God. That's what God has for your life. But with any of these things, there's challenges to being connected. There's challenges to it. It doesn't come easy. Like anything that's going to have extreme life-giving purpose to it, it's going to take effort. It's going to take time. There's going to be a cost to it. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about what are some of the challenges to being connected. Let's look at this, um, let's look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians. It says that, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Um, let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united throughout and with purpose. So, one of the challenges is this, that we're, we're not always going to see eye to eye. There's going to be times when we just don't agree. There's going to be times when we don't see things the same way. 
And that's okay. But we have to, we have to be working at a commonality of one heart with one mind and with one purpose. So staying connected means this, to be united together with one purpose. What is the one big purpose that we can be united on? What's the one big purpose that we can be united on? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love God with everything. Love God with all. And then love people. Love people. Those are the two critical things. That's our purpose. We might have a culture that, you know, worships a different way than what you like, but if our purpose is love God with all and love people, we're going to win. And if we'll bind together with that and we won't lose sight of that, then this church can be one of many churches in Kearney and in North Platte that are impacting the world for Jesus Christ. So we might not always agree on everything in our culture. And you might come from another church that did something a different way. That was part of their culture. And it's okay. Because that was the culture God had for that church. God might have a different culture for our church. But it's the same mission. If the mission isn't love God and love people, then we might as well shut the doors and walk away. That's what our heart beats for. But there's one last challenge in the scripture. Uh, I think it's been up there for a long time. So I apologize for that. But you have, you have to connect with people who are radically different than you as well. You probably have read this already, but live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know it all. There's probably a reason why that scripture was up there for a long time. Somebody out here thinks they know it all. It's easy to get to that place. Ordinary people. Here's the unique thing about that. Each of you are different than the person next to you. So ordinary people is going to be be defined differently for each one of you. Ordinary people will be defined one way for me. It'll be defined a different way for you. But if we're willing to lay down our pride and say, I don't know it all, then let me tell you what ordinary people will do for you. And it's transforming and it's life-giving. People that are different than you, people that think different than you, which is what you get when you're in the community of a life-giving church, people that were raised different than you, people that are maybe on a different economic status than you, ordinary people, however that's going to be defined for you, these people are going to help you see life from your blind spot. That spot, like right now, I can't see straight behind me, but you can. You could tell me what's straight behind me, but I can't. I can guess at it. Pastor Nate could have walked back out there. You would see it, but I wouldn't. We need people to help us see the blind spot of life so that we can become better. But we also need the ordinary people to help us see the blind spot that we have in our view of Christ. None of us sees Christ from a 360 perspective. We need one another to help highlight the characteristics of God, the purposes of God, you know, the the essence of God. We need one another to help bring to life who God is, to take this black and white picture that I can get by myself and bring it to color when we all bring our pieces together. So how? How do you get connected? Very quickly. How do you get connected? You have to reach out. I hear people all the time, and unfortunately, people leave churches every single week because they say, no one reached out to me. But then when you ask them, well, did you reach out to anybody? No. If you want to be connected, then you're going to have to take your cord and stick it in. 
It's to get into the life of the church. You, so there's a part of you that's going to have to reach out. There's another piece that you're going to have to make yourself vulnerable. Meaning that you might have to go join a life group full of strangers and you don't even know them when you walk in the door. That's a scary thing to do. I know. You might, you might have to go to a meeting for the first time and break the ice by just being there. That's, that's scary. You might have to go up to a complete stranger in the lobby and introduce yourself. Let me just tell you, in all of those scenarios, the awkwardness that happens at the beginning wears off quickly. Make yourself vulnerable. How else do you get connected? Do this. Work at tearing down your walls. We all have walls, including me. And our walls, like a part of my personality, probably repels and pushes people away. And if I can get people close enough to me and trust them enough that they can speak life to me and they can talk to me about my personality, my walls, the things that are me that are repelling people, well, then I can work on pulling those things down by God's grace. And I can be better connected with the body of Christ and I can be more alive. But lastly, make a commitment to connect in the local church and just follow through with it. Just make a commitment and follow through. It's gonna be life-giving for you. We're gonna take a big risk here. And we're going to um, see what your results were from just this service and they're comparing them with the first service. And so, because you're attending the 1115 service, you're going to get some of the opinions of the first service mixed with your opinions. As we look at who, who do you say the culture of new life is. Let's take a look. You texted in answers like, it's a culture that's alive. It's a family. It's welcoming, accepting. It's open. It's inviting. It's receptive. These are your thoughts. Loving, it's interjected, it's uh, inner, inner, <laughs> thank you. It's modern, it's youthful, it's reaching the lost, it's comfortable, it's Christ-like, it's vibrant, right? Cares about kids, it's dynamic, it's Christ-seeking, it's hip. <laughs> thank you, man, I love that. I won't do my break dance for you right now. Um, it's friendly, it's spiritual. I love that. I love that. It's developing leaders. Strength. It's seeker-friendly. It's, in, it's inclusive. It's uplifting. It's contemporary. It's non-judgmental. It's engaging. It's spirit-driven. It's growth-focused. It's relevant, caring, joyful, happy. It's, it's going, and it's relationships. These are all things you guys said. It, keep, it keeps going. Um, you guys said a lot. It's... We, we're running long. If we run long, just remember, this is your part of the sermon. It's passionate. It's life-changing. Arms wide open. Diverse. Embracing. Warm. Faithful. Relaxed. Meets needs. It's Jesus-centered. Love it. It's, it's new. It's refreshing. It's safe. It's encouraging. It's supportive. It's healthy. It's bold. It's what? It's genuine. It's biblical teaching. I can't read all these. You guys, you guys get the gist of it. Hold on. It's biblical. Hold on. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Thank you. It's biblical teaching to understand it's life-giving. I'm scanning here. I was looking for 
unashamed, challenging, clicky. I saw that right before you changed it. I thought to myself, there is no perfect culture. There's no perfect church. No church is perfect. Clicky might actually be part of our culture. Is that the, what we want to, is that the way we want it to stay, though? I mean, you can keep going and scroll through the rest, but I mean, one of the things is that you're probably going to see a couple of words up there that probably are not life-giving. What's that? What are we reading now? <laughs> donuts? Someone put donuts as our culture? All right, go to the last one quick, because it's going to be very distracting. Let's end with glorifying, all right? There we go. Yes! All right, take that away. All right, you guys, you guys made the sermon long, so t- today we're going to go a little long. But the bottom line is this. How many words made you proud to be a part of this church? All of them, somebody would say. Man, most of those words make me proud to be a part of this church. Others of those words mean that we're not perfect and God still has a lot of work to do in us. I would want the majority of those words, people that live in our town, when they look at our church, I would want them to define our church that way. The only way that's going to happen is by us connecting. Connecting, that means we're all in. We're living the culture of this church and we're letting it permeate our town so that our town thinks about our community the way we're actually living our culture. It all starts when we connect. So let's connect with God. Let's connect with each other in these next few moments as we spend some time just in worship and praise to God. And I want you to consider, how are you connected to the local church, the hope of the world? Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Lord, I'm excited about what you're doing at this church, what you're doing in the lives of people. I'm excited, Lord, of all the words that were described. I mean, so many pages, I couldn't even read them all. Thank you for a church that is willing and able to see what's happening and they want to, they want to interject. That tells me that there's a large group of people that are connected. Lord, we can always be connected to you in a greater way. So we come in this time of worship to connect with you, our master and our savior. And to connect with one another in unity. As we lift up our voice and we proclaim you in our time of worship, may you meet us here in this place. May you do something fantastic and incredible in our lives. Meet with this church. Teach us your ways so that we can look a little bit more like you this week than we've ever before in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.